0: For those of you who don't know, and I hope you all do, I'm Eric Dixon, I'm the head of the Department of Emergency Medicine. I'm gonna give you a preview today of the Institute of Medicine report. It's not even a preview anymore. The Institute of Medicine report on emergency care is out. And kind of lead into our guest speaker, Dr. Dixon Chung, who's here with us from Johns Hopkins. If you haven't seen, if you're going into emergency medicine or you're in emergency medicine, you need to understand what the Institute of Medicine report says. Uh, Probably the most famous report uh, from the Institute of Medicine is to Error is Human, which uh, said that we probably kill 70,000 people a year in our hospitals by mistakes. It has really changed the way we think about healthcare quality and errors. This is going to change the way people think about emergency care, and this is going to change your practice uh, much more than mine, because it's going to affect the next 20 years of emergency medicine. It is important for you to, to get a copy of this at least, I have a copy obviously, uh, but at least the first eight pages which is a summary and I'll try to cover as much of that as I can in the next 15 minutes or so. So the, the title of my presentation is The Current State of Emergency Care, Crisis or Opportunity. When the Institute of Medicine report came out, uh, the, the first statement out of the Institute's mouth was, emergency medicine is in crisis. And over the first hour of the presentation of the report, that word was used over and over again. So, for the fourth-year medical students that are going into emergency medicine, you're entering a crisis, and and that's what's been described about our field. Well, you know, I try to look at both sides of the equation, and I think there's maybe not only crisis but opportunity. And to quote a, fa- uh, a famous Midwesterner uh, from Omaha. Uh, Now Warren Buffett. With every crisis, there is opportunity and Warren Buffett makes money on that opportunity. And what we want to do is what opportunities for change, positive change that can affect our patients, can we take from the crisis that is emergency medicine right now. So here's some just basic facts. Emergency department visits are increasing, increasing at a very rapid rate. And they're not just increasing visits, it's older people, it's sicker people. The population increased by about 13% since, uh, from between 1993 and 2003. Emergency department visits uh, increased by 26%. Sicker people, more of them getting admitted to the ICU, more of them getting admitted to the hospital. Emergency departments are definitely increasing. Well, at the same time, the number of emergency departments in the country are decreasing. It's a pretty pretty simple math. You have more people coming that are sicker and requiring more time, uh, and you have uh, less places for them to go, you're going to become very, very busy. And that's what's happened around the country. So in looking at this data and much more, the Institute of Medicine said, what, has the, what is this basic equation more people coming to less places done? It's caused severe overcrowding. It's all actually crowded the hospitals as well, and in many places, and I know we don't do that here, they are boarding patients. I, uh, my last shift at, uh, at my previous institution, I had 24 people in the hallway that had been there for almost a day, and there's many places that are worse than that. Boarding people in the hallway, uh, waiting, for an ambu- waiting for an inpatient bed. It caused ambulance diversion. We have never gone on ambulance diversion here, You'd, uh, but yet at uh, some hospitals, 700 hours a year, 700 hours a year, they're on diversion. No matter how sick you are, if you're in the back of an ambulance, you cannot be taken to that hospital. Imagine that, and imagine if we did that, we're the only game in town, the only uh, uh, level one trauma care. Can you imagine us diverting trauma care? What would happen in this state? Can't happen here, but it happens all over the country. Inadequate surge capacity to deal with present and future disasters, we don't have to wait for a future disaster to understand that we don't have enough surge capacity. Uh, Hurricane Katrina and its effects that it had on the New Orleans uh, healthcare system. It's already here. We are at the limit overall in the United States for emergency care and we cannot deal with a natural or man-made disaster. A reduction in the quality of care delivered. If anybody believes that you can take care of patients in the hallway and board them for 24 hours and still provide a high level quality care to your emergency department patients, I, I think you're wrong. I, I wish the Institute of Medicine came out because the error uh, is human uh, was so profound because they put a number 78,000 deaths per year from errors. We can't put a number on this one, unfortunately. But if we could, it would get some attention. And I think it's at least that number, 78,000. How many people die because we don't have the system that we need? Well, I'm a bit of an optimist, as most of you hopefully know. And amongst the death, I'm looking for the daisy. And uh, so let's take another look at this. Let's, uh, is there opportunity in this, as Warren Buffett would look for? And I, and I really think that there is. And, to start where is this growth coming from and why are we having this rapid growth in the emergency department and if you look at the studies everybody says the growth is coming from uninsured patients that's not true the uninsured have always used us as their primary care doctors and we have always been the primary source of their care and it's something i think we should be proud of we are the indigent care for across the united states we are the only Care that is mandated by federal law. There is a universal health system in the United States and it, it starts at emergency care and ends at emergency care. That's what the MTALR is. We don't turn anybody away. But the growth has not been in the uninsured. And I'm so afraid to try to use a laser uh, <laughs> because I might really screw this up. But the uninsured has, is not responsible. If you look at the total change uh, over 96 to 2000, 16% growth, that primarily came from the uninsured population. That's pretty good news if you're running an emergency department. Not that anybody would ever want to do that. Well, why are they coming to the emergency department is another important question. And if you look at the studies from academic emergency medicine, it's a choice. It's convenient. They can come whenever they want, and patients have a sense that we can handle anything. And frankly, we can. No matter what the problem, emergency medicine finds a way to deal with it. We do the best we can with what we have to work with. And so that's why people are coming to the emergency department. In part, it is a last resort because they can't get into their primary care doctors. I don't know how much people have used the clinics here. Has anybody ever waited three hours to be seen in a clinic at the University of Iowa? People in my family have. I've been fortunate that I haven't. Has anybody ever waited three hours to be seen in this emergency department? It's extraordinarily rare that that happens anymore. And so I don't think the level of service is any better in the clinics than we deliver here. We would just walk through the emergency department, there's nobody waiting to be seen. And most times during the day, there's a 15 minute wait here. And I I know we have our problems, but we're doing pretty good in terms of service. So it's an affirmative choice that people are using. This is from a hospital administrator standpoint. This is what is gonna change the impression of the emergency department more than any other thing. For years, I could bring this slide down, back to 1970, the emergency department was responsible for 20 to 25 percent of a hospital's admissions. And if you understand hospital finances, it's uh, the admissions that make your margin. It's the admissions that pay the bills, the admissions and the procedures. And the emergency department was always seen as, well, as 20 percent of the admissions and not very good admissions from a financial standpoint. Don't invest in that area of your hospital. But the reality is in the la- since 1995, the last 10 years, emergency department admissions have exploded. And they now, I believe in 2005, 2006, when we get the final numbers in, will be the majority of US hospital admissions. That means that you are responsible for the majority of admissions that fill this hospital, that keep it open. And that, that, the trend, this could be 60, I know places where it's 75% of the hospital admissions are from the emergency department. That's an important, important department in your hospital if you're the CEO, because you can't lose 75% of your admissions, especially when the growth is coming from the insured population. So is this good news or bad news? And it really depends on the specific institution. Uh, This growth that we're seeing, all these patients coming, Contribution margin is what a CFO looks at when he tries to examine the value of a certain service. Uh, And in general, our contribution margin, or I'll say in general emergency medicine, the contribution margin on a patient ranges from zero to $300 per patient. We're uh, on the higher end of that for, for this institution. That's very, very good. You can't go to a clinic here and find a contribution margin of $200 per patient. The margin on the patients that we admit so we see 36,000 patients with that uh, with that revenue generated. The patients that we admit are even more valuable, and some institutions report a $4,700 uh, contribution margin in certain subset of population uh, patients that admit. That's extraordinarily important to the CFO here, and I can tell you our CFO is well aware of that because he's had to hear it from me about 50 times. Uh, so for most institutions, and for this institution especially, an increase in emergency department visits and admission is financially very beneficial uh, for the hospital. And that's going to change the way people in, in hospital administration start thinking about the emergency department. Opportunity or crisis. We, we're going to take advantage of the opportunity the same way we're going to deal with the crisis. And this is the Institute of Medicine, Medicine's uh, recommendations. One, enhance operational efficiency. We are an extremely, in an extremely wasteful uh, business, healthcare. The waste here is unbelievable as compared to other industries. And so getting rid of some of that waste is gonna be the key thing. Improve information technology. I agree that information technology is gonna help make us all better doctors, but it costs a lot of money. I'm on the medical record committee here, and we're probably looking at 75 to 100 million dollar investment, that's a lot of money. Uh, shift the burden of uncompensated care so we take care of the most patients uninsured and I'm very proud of that and I think you should be too Uh, but that we we carry that burden more than any other service in medicine and the recommendation was that that be shifted that we get more money from the government for providing emergency care because it's we take care of so much uncompensated again that requires money improved disaster preparedness money increase patient uh, payments to specialty services like our neurosurgeons who take call for emergency departments. Seeing it all over the country, neurosurgeons, orthopedists, they're not taking emergency call anymore. They get sued from those patients more than anybody else. It's, it's not worth it for them. And that's having a, a, it doesn't get us here at this institution, but the small rural emergency departments or the less comprehensive centers, it is a, it's, a big problem for them. I love this one. They talked a lot about rural uh, emergency medicine in the report and they said, improve the links between rural emergency departments and academic centers. Yahoo. Uh, It doesn't cost money and it's good for us. I think they talked a lot about telemedicine. And so maybe when we have the nurse practitioners out in Keokuk County, I think you've all probably, or at least the faculty have had those calls, what if I could see the patient? That technology is available. See the EKG, see the x-ray, make a lot of decisions and have a board certified emergency position involved in the care of a patient at a center that is never going to have board certified emergency positions. And then increasing funding for emergency care research. The bottom line for these recommendations is some of them, the one that doesn't cost money is the one that you can actually institute because all of the others require funding and there's no big pot of gold to reach into. But enhancing operational efficiency, that not only doesn't cost money. It saves money. It generates money to pay for the other things. So I think this is going to become a major drive in your field over the next few years to help pay for the other things that they think we need to do. So just a real brief overview on this department and what we are doing to apply some industrial engineering techniques to our emergency department. One, we try to minimize variation by aligning our resources and demand. Pat and I look all the time at the rate of arrival for patients and the staffing that we have. And what we want to do is keep that ratio constant 24 hours a day. Now that's impossible to do because we have a lot of natural variation in emergency medicine, but the less variation you have, the more you keep things the same at six o'clock in the, after, in the evening and six o'clock in the morning, the more efficient your system is. That's a, that's a Six Sigma technique, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when, when Dixon comes up. Uh, to remove all waste from patient visits, and this is a the lean techniques, and a lot of you have heard about this already, and this is becoming a lean institution. There is a lot of waste in how we move patients through the emergency department and through the hospital overall. We want to constantly be looking at our process and say, how can we take out wasted time? And not from my perspective, not from the physician perspective, not from the nurse perspective, but from the patient's perspective. And so we have a sense of what the perfect emergency department visit is, and we are constantly from a patient's perspective, patient-centered, and to try to drive in that direction. And you're gonna hear a lot about that, those of you who have three years with us starting, starting today. Uh, we want to remove all waste from the transfer process as well. Our second most important customer is our referring emergency physician. We have a role in this state to be, we are the backstop for every other emergency department in uh, in Iowa. And when when somebody rolls in and they can't handle it, we need to be there for them. And anybody that's worked downstairs knows that. And uh, and it gets used and it's a, it's a critical role that we play. And then when we have process failures, we have to have a standardized way to look at those process failures, um, the inpatient transfer policy. I, I'm educable. I've learned. Touch the screen, right? Uh, <laughs> we have to have a standard way that we look at those process failures and, and move on. And this is my favorite quote, and I have read almost this whole book. The favorite quote from the whole uh, book. Innovations in industrial engineering that have swept through other sectors of the economy, from banking to air travel to manufacturing, have failed to take hold in healthcare industry. Industrial engineering, I mean, that's what we need here. And we need to partner with industrial engineers, and there's several in the audience, or a couple in the audience. And we need to partner with our engineers, then take what they know and take what we know about caring for patients and uh, improve the care that we deliver. Our overall theme is to increase value. And healthcare overall, what we need to do is get value. We spend so much money. It is the biggest business in the world is healthcare. The Catholic Church is no longer the biggest business. We are. Uh, the biggest business in uh, in the world is health care. And, and, and we spend more in this country and get less than so many other countries. What we need is value. We're all willing to spend a lot of money on health care. But we need to get back. We need extra years added on to our life for that. And we don't get it. And in fact, we might spend so much that we actually do too many procedures and it actually decreases our life expectancy. So. Uh, what you really want is value. Value is the, really the quality of the service that you get divided by the cost. And that's everything that we th- we think about. How do we improve value? We're willing to spend the money, we just need an improvement in quality as we spend it. I'm gonna skip over this. This is the perfect uh, emergency department visit. This is our value equation, this is how we measure uh, value. So if you look at UHC, that's our benchmarking comparator. Uh, Patient satisfaction, average patient satisfaction is at the 50th percentile. Average expenses are at the 50th percentile. At the University of Iowa, in our emergency department, our patient satisfaction is at the 88th percentile, uh, that's last quarter's number, while our expenses are down beneath the 20th percentile. So what's the relative value of the care we're delivering to your average university health uh, system? Uh, So that's our value equation, and it's extremely, extremely good. And I think you'll get more of this during your training. And when you leave here, one of the most valuable things that you can walk away with is an understanding of how we get to that and the techniques that we use, because we are way ahead of the curve in healthcare in terms of applying these uh, techniques. The perfect transfer, I think uh, Dr. Ahmad has created that. Imagine how, if anybody sat in a small emergency department and had to get a sick patient out and gone through the frustration of making call after call, trying to get somebody to take care of this patient, they understand the value of a wasteless process. In a small community emergency department in the state of Iowa right now, of anybody that's a part of this program, they can pick up the phone and with one call, as soon as the phone's picked up on the other end, they launch a helicopter, because they know that, that there is no problem, the patient's accepted. And uh, then they get connected right to this emergency department, talk right to the faculty, and we have just taken so much waste. With one call, the emergency physician can be done, hang up the phone and get back to taking care of their patients, which is what they need to be doing. So uh, you know, we're, we're working that on the transfers as well, just remove all the waste, and I think this is where we, we've had some great success in doing that with air care hats off to Diane and uh and Nazim